Hello and welcome to the Raptors show on the Sportsnet Podcast Network. That is not actually a thing, but we are speaking into existence. Uh, I'm your host, Wayne Blue. Somehow, once again, um, less than 12 hours after recording uh, a two-hour episode with producer and co-host Alex Wong, we are once again recording uh, for a reason that I am not entirely sure. But uh, yeah, Alex, what man, are you how- talking about, man? This is our job. No, I'm not saying that. I just meant like what what happened topic wise or narrative wise in the last oh, like ten okay. hours while okay, you know, okay. we were well, sleeping. This is, like this. This is why don't don't try this at home, man. This is professionals only. Okay, all you right. Know, only pros can do this. I'm actually so we we did record last night after game two, yeah, and then shortly after, I don't know about you, like I went to sleep. Same, yeah. It was and, one a.m. Yeah, yeah. And well, I watched an episode of The Sopranos. Yeah, uh, you know, been been catching up. Got you on the final season, and then went to sleep, and then woke up, and now we're potting again. I, I literally went back to my desk, and I'm staring at a piece of paper from when we played our basketball reference game last night. Yep. And, and I'm staring at 2008, 2009 San Antonio, 09, 010 Portland Golden State. 2010 2012 Minnesota this is Anthony Tolliver mm. which you you put me through hell and, and then you gave me Mikey Moore too I'm sorry man yeah. yeah this is the content that you get when it's 12 hours apart we start recapping our own pods I might just only give you the alliterative uh, names because I also gave you Costa Kufos oh that's right the special K and I gave K. you Aaron follow. so yeah. we might gotta make our way through but I'm gonna post a photo of this of this page after it looks demonic and i can't mm. believe i went over for two but anyways we're back we we did try to get oren weisfeld on and we're recording it around noon right now and apparently he's not awake so or, we're, oren we're... is not a wake up before noon kind of guy typically unless he has something to do yeah um and i know he went but... to a rave this weekend so i know i know he's recovering right yeah shots the boiler room not to not to dox where where oren was but it was. are fairly... you familiar with boiler room because he was explaining it to me like i was supposed to know about this it is fairly like I, I'm not, I don't even go out like that, but I, I kind of mm. know what it, kind of know what it is and stuff. Okay, okay. There's okay, an infamous okay. one where if you search "boiler room Montreal," there's like, yeah. Anyway, okay, yeah, but okay. it's yeah, it's it's like people go to a, a club and dance. I, I never really got the appeal of it, quite frankly. Um, I don't know if this is just like me as a person who's sweaty. I'm just like I I don't really want to sweat in other people's presence. Mm. Um, unless it's like sports and it's like socially acceptable to sweat in in, in sports. Um among others but there's that aspect and the other aspect is just like i don't really do like hard drugs so i don't oh, that's see right. the appeal as much and i'm like yeah. i could listen to music at home not sweating um, no that's fair no that's fair but, so you're saying yeah. you're saying going to like a coachella with andy lou like that wouldn't be no appealing uh, to you I actually I don't mind music festivals because you can kind of choose your own pace you could take it easy i thought, like, I thought you were gonna go say i don't hard. mind andy lou because i think andy lou is the draw in that oh. pitch yeah yeah no absolutely but i mean i would like go to two concerts with andy and then like chill out mm. for like two hours maybe bike around and then come back and then hang out with him yeah honestly oshega's you know i'm a little tempted to go back to oshega now oh, i, I yeah, went like O'Shaga. three times in my 20s and the, maybe want to go back again the pacific mall uh coachella right bro come on man not not, not to fair. disrespect not to disrespect. Put some respect on uh What's the best? What, what's the best band or person that you've seen at Oshiega? Kendrick Lamar, man. That was oh, like wow. Pete, it was like okay. Pete Kendrick too. It was it was really a great concert. 
Who else okay, did I see okay, okay. Arctic Ken- Monkeys Kendrick, was pretty big Kendrick, at the time. Kendrick overrated, as I've, as I've always said. But what? I can't speak. I can't what? speak after after outing myself as a huge uh, chain smoker stand. Bro, so. what are you talking about with Kendrick Lamar is overrated, man? What are you if talking I, if about? I, if I want to listen to Kendrick, I'll just listen to Nas, man. What do you That's mean you listen to Nas, man? Nas got better bars than Kendrick, man. Oh, oh brother. Oh, Anyways, brother. We got we to gotta move on. No. No, we yeah, can, we have on. to stay there, man. That's not <laughs> no, right, no. man. What you've done to Kendrick is not right. Man. I, I've told you this before. This is not the first time you've heard this. Most people Anyways. have not listened to more than one Nas album. Let's be completely honest about no, this. No, come on, man. Okay, you're speaking from a different generation. That You're speaking with an untrained eye right now, brother. Mm. So anyways, a few more. We doing an eye ass- test today or what? Man? Yeah, a few more assorted, t- uh, assorted thoughts from game two. And then we okay. have... We got Lucy's we- from game two? Yeah, yeah. So today is a Lucy's episode, and gotcha. then we've got a uh, emerging report of Kyrie Irving trying to recruit LeBron to Dallas, which we are gonna get into, and then we're gonna. I feel like that up. that woke yeah. alert hit you, uh, <laughs> woke you up, man. <laughs> you literally woke up to the news if, that shot. If you com- if you compare the sound levels between last night and tonight, I'm definitely just waking up, uh-huh. and, and then finally gonna pull up every finals since 2000 and, and do an exercise with you. Go through them and see how many classic finals we've actually watched. All right, all right. All right. Um, I'm down. What is it? This millennium? Is it millennium? Yeah, yeah. Since Y two K. Since yeah. Oh god. Okay. So one thing we didn't talk about yesterday in recapping Game Two, and since we give Joe Mazzula, aka Joe Cheese, aka Joe Provolone, a hard time mm. about his timeouts, is we didn't even talk about the final play. The Nuggets were down three, and yeah. they had the ball coming down. Obviously, had two timeouts. And didn't use them. And Jamal Murray got off what I thought was a pretty pretty good look. But figured we'd afford Michael Malone the same criticism as well. As you were watching it, did you think the Nuggets should have called timeout? Uh, okay, so I believe the scenario was they had like 15 or so seconds to work mm-hmm. with on the shot clock. And then yeah. you had said they had two timeouts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would call timeout in that scenario. Because you can extend the game too and all that stuff. I would call timeout in that scenario as long as I haven't. My, one of my players hasn't chucked up a three in the first five seconds of it. Because I, what I want to, what I want to ideally do in that scenario is extend the game a little bit. Honestly, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even mind calling a timeout just to sort of space it out, sort out a play. Um, I didn't really think that Miami had anybody that they were going to sub out of there in terms of as a defensive liability. I think they had their defense crew in. Um, yeah, Cody Zeller was not in the game, so they were. Cody good. Zeller was not in the game. They took Duncan Robinson out the game late. They put Gabe Vincent in. Um, so I, I think that. <laughs> I it love how they always. I love how they always just sneak in Duncan Robinson for like seven to ten minutes and just get away with it. Yeah, and it's like awful when has cause... Duncan Robinson hurt them on defense in these playoffs? But the best part is Duncan Robinson comes in the game and then like he's the featured player for those like six minutes, you know. And I think Spo doesn't overcook Duncan Robinson. He's just like, I'm. Mm. It's like when he plays Duncan Robinson, it's like playing a six-seven suited connector. Mm. Okay, and then okay. you you limp in. You get you get a straight, but if you don't hit on the straight, like if you don't have any sort of real prospects after the flop, you're getting out of that hand. Mm, you know what I mean? Even no, if like you're top pair, you're getting out of that hand. Like he we, we missed another Ennis game yesterday. Shouts to Ennis. I know, man. Ennis, bro, we really want to come to this game. This is literally the one thing we have to do for work. So we're just we have trapped. To be there. We're just trapped in podcast dungeon right now. I'm literally. I went to sleep and I woke back up and I'm now back in the in the same chair, talking to the same person about the same game. But, um. 
Yeah, he doesn't overplay Duncan Robinson, which I really like. Uh, and then when yeah. he's on, obviously yeah. they use him. But regardless, it wasn't a scenario where you can call timeout and the opponent can like sub out their better defensive players. I mean, I do think that for um, the Heat, they probably would have come out and shown some sort of gimmick. Well, not even gimmick. They just throw a lot of curveballs. Like if you notice after timeouts, they always come out in zone, for example. I doubt they would have come out in a zone when they're down three. Um you know, after a timeout, but you never know. Like, you know, Spo obviously is very crafty with that. You might wonder, I, th- I think one of the other concerns is just like, can you get the ball inbounds um, in like, a, if you like take the ball out of bounds in particular in terms of, you know, calling that timeout and then have to inbound it. Sometimes it's a concern. Can you get the ball inbounds? I think of that as less of a concern when you have um, Jokic as the target to inbound to. Obviously, he's the biggest guy in the gym. Um and then, yeah, I mean, there's no guarantee that you'll get a clean look. I think the Heat would have done a really good job of sort of switching a lot of actions. But at the same time, like, I wouldn't have minded seeing them run a more set action for a shot that was quicker. Because I think my biggest beef was they took that shot at the very end and there was no chance to extend the game. And whatever, if you're down three, you foul, they, they may even make one free throw, you're already pretty much done. But still, I would like to have at least had the opportunity to extend the game a little bit with two timeouts and 13, 14 seconds left. But... I mean, I don't know. That one wasn't as egregious to me, mostly just because, like, I think this is probably, like, one of the few times Malone has done it, whereas I think with with Joe Cheese, like, he just did it so often that it became a running storyline. Yeah, I think Joe Cheese wanted to do it as just part of, like, his brand. Like, he really embraced the fact of, like, not calling timeouts, whereas I think other coaches actually just, like, make the decision. Although I might be giving Joe Cheese too much credit. Maybe he just, like, gets too tense in those moments. (laughs) Mm. And he's like so nervous that that he like forgets that there's an option. They need to keep to Al Horford out of the game late in game so he could make the decision. They need to name him as head coach next season. Like they need to just go ahead and do yeah. that. He's gonna like be a player Al coach is... like his former teammate Bill Russell. <laughs> oh, oh no! I don't know why calling Al Horford old is so funny. It is just also very, the NBA account wished him a birthday, a happy birthday over the weekend. I believe he's only thirty-seven. Yeah, he's I say only just because like no, he's, he's younger, younger than, than me, man. Oh yeah, yeah. he's not even yeah. a thirty-eight boy. No, he's a thirty-seven you're a 39 boy because you're turning thirty-nine this year. Yo, not yet, man. Come on, man. Yeah, thirty-nine is a tough number. Um, so okay, so Michael Malone is is absolved of all crimes mm-hmm. of of not calling the timeout. Nobody, it wasn't so by the way, neither I, team, I think neither team called the timeout. Eh? Neither team called the timeout in the last four minutes. So yeah. there's no timeouts. I kind of so. enjoyed it, to be honest. Just pure hoops. Just pure hoops. It's been a good series so far, man. Like, I, I don't want to do the whole thing. I know people were just like, oh, you know, uh, what about the ratings and stuff? Like, it's been a really entertaining series. It reminds me a little bit of when Milwaukee and Phoenix face off in the playoffs. Like, you just have, like, really fresh teams that, that you've never seen at this level. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, well, I yeah, guess Miami's true. been at this level, you know, shouts to, shouts to heat culture. But mm-hmm. I, I just like when there's these fresh matchups. Like, yeah, me too. Like, even Raptors Warriors was really, like, a nice yeah. change-up from the fact that it was always Steph and LeBron in the finals. Yeah, it's not like I don't like watching Steph or LeBron, but it's just, like, the narratives are tiring. And I feel like sometimes you're just so... You've you've watched the Warriors, like, a million times. Yeah. My favorite thing about the finals, uh, especially new teams making it to the finals, too, is just, like, the, the amount of features that come out for players that wouldn't typically get feature treatment. Are you going to talk about Ish, Ish Smith on his 13th team? We're getting, we're getting Ish Smith... Uh, features we getting Jeff Green features we getting mm. uh, Aaron Gordon features 
um mm. we getting like I don't, I don't even know man just all sorts of like details i saw like nikola Jokic's agent was on all the smoke which uh oh this is was, like was really interesting because he was talking like, about this is like jafar yeah shouts to jafar shouts to jafar but like this Be, is like being on uh, the shop yeah yeah, I doubt that Jafar is going to be on the shop, but I mean, I, I think Rich Paul will be on the shop. Wearing uh, a pair of Rich Pauls. Yo, we're just going to call back to everything we talked about 12 hours ago today. That, that's fine, man. I, I was thinking about that too, actually. You know, before I was going to sleep, I was like, people really walking around in $350 pairs of Rich Pauls. If, like, if you were gifted a pair of those, you're not, you're wearing those. No, of man. course I'd wear them. But I mean, yeah. that, the, my main contention you is famously wear NBA t- You famously wear NBA TV Canada Air Maxes. Th- those are just regular Air Maxes, which, all right. Which you like, and not which you another, Air Maxes, which please. you and another media member share you know a pair with. You know what? I will. You know what? If you want to call those NBA TV Canada Air Maxes, I will happily call those NBA TV Air Maxes. No, but yeah, I, I, got, just, I was just thinking about the idea shoes. of like people paying three hundred fifty dollars to represent Rich Paul. No, like, I hear you. I hear you. You got this I whole thing you. backwards, my friend. Like he's the agent; he's supposed to represent. That, that's you. like that's like LinkedIn behavior, man. If, if yeah. you're like, yo, I just blew three fifty on on a pair of RPs, man. Even but, even have to explain it to somebody, they're like, "Oh man, I, I like your shoes, man," and then you're yeah. like, "Oh thanks, they're they're Rich Pauls." Like, yeah, like yeah, that's uh that's bronze agent. Yeah, I'm wearing mm. bronze agent shoes. So <laughs> that's why I, nah, I need a pair of Rich <laughs> Climbins, man. You're like that's age <laughs> that's agent heritage month. Yeah, I need I need a pair of Rich Climbins, man. <laughs> Those of you saying yo the boardroom ones, mm. we should we should we should look into that. Anyways, what else yeah. is there? Oh, so. The viral clip going around after game two was uh, Spo was finishing up his presser and and ESPN's Ramona Shelburne was asking about how the Heat were able to turn Jokic into just a score in game two. And and Spo uh, threw a fit. He said, quote, yeah, that's ridiculous. That's the untrained eye that says something like that. Mm. <laughs> what is this, Naruto, man? Um, this yeah. guy is an incredible player. You know, twice in two seasons, he's been the best player on this planet. You can't just say, oh, make him a score. That's not how they play. They have so many different actions that just get you compromised. We have to focus on what we do. We try to do things the hard way, and it requires you to do many things the hard way. He has our full respect. I know some people are upset at the way. I guess Spo responded to Ramona's question. But I think I think this is just Spo when he's in these settings. Like, he doesn't want to give any bulletin board material to, like, the other team. Uh-huh. Like he doesn't want to agree with the fact that like yeah we turned Jokic into just a score, okay. but I can I, I can understand why people would think that you know he was a bit harsh in his response. What what was your thoughts? Um, okay, so I think first off a, a couple of bit of context needs to be added to this. Um, number mm-hmm. one, Spo was asked about variations of this question. Yes, um, leading up yes, to the press conference. And, yes, uh, and then afterwards, apparently reporters saw Spo and, and Ramona like laughing and, and just chatting afterwards. So it yeah, seemed like fine. there wasn't any sort of hard feelings about this whole scenario. Yeah. Um, that doesn't necessarily like excuse the 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 event in terms of of any sort of culpability, but I just think that that is fairly um, important context. Um, in terms of the question and the response itself, I mean, like reporters get some sometimes like sometimes you know people on the podium get snippy at reporters. Like this is not an uncommon thing. Like it literally happens every year, multiple times a year. You know, it, it's it's a whole thing. Like you can literally go on YouTube and look up like NBA reporters asking dumb questions, and it's always just players or or coaches dunking on reporters. And sometimes it's warranted, sometimes it's not. I don't know. Typically, people stand on the side of the players and the coaches because no one's rooting for reporters. Like people aren't walking around wearing 
um Ramona Shelburne ones. Like they're but that you know they are Yo, Ramona Shelburne Miami ESPN Heat. jersey would be kind of hard though. Sure. Yeah. Okay. If you were to rock an ESPN jersey, who would you rock? Uh I'm a nerd, so I'll probably go with like a Zach Lowe. Yeah. Oh, I want, yeah. I want the, the Zach Lowe Zach Lowe's. Lowe's. Basic. So basic. <laughs> no, this guy want the Zach Lowe's. All right. All right. You know what I want? You know what I want? Give him the Tim Leglers. <laughs> I want, oh, yo, you know what? Shouts to legs, man. Shouts to legs, man. Legs? Yeah. yeah. You know what? And and you put me on, I gotta give you credit too. You uh, put me on KG. You mentioned yo, KG KG's last week. Really good. Yeah. I, I, I saw a couple clips of him breaking down the series, talking about how he would guard Jokic. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And I have KG as number one on my list now in terms of like most engaging. There's another one where he's analysts. talking to um Tracy McGrady recently. Mm, okay, and they're just, I, I, I gotta they're just reflecting on like how KG as a defender would approach guarding Tracy McGrady and they're sort of and then T Mac was talking about how him as a scorer would approach attacking a defender like KG. It's just a lot high level talk that like to be honest, that's the kind of stuff where I really only think players can talk about it, right? Because from that perspective, you no one else even coaches can't talk to that. Even like GMs can't speak to those perspectives. Only players, great players who have guarded each other, who have played against each other. Although I'm not really sure how often KG would have guarded T Mac in particular. Um, especially because there were different conferences and that they play different positions. But you know what I mean? Like great players in those great duels can really give you insight as to specifically how they approached it. And I do like hearing their perspective on that. Um but yeah, no, KG's a really great analyst, man. That's why, you know, the KG certified thing is like my second one behind Podcast P. Uh, yeah, Podcast I'm P lifting. is also just really prolific, man. He's he's really on his grind. I respect that. Like as a podcast, you got to come out with content all the time. Like I'm tired of seeing player podcasts just come out and be like, oh, I'm a player podcast. So I'm going to expect all the people to listen to me. First and foremost, this is not necessarily your, in the space that you're most familiar with. So, you know, I, I just think that when you enter any new space, like you got to be attacking, to, like, respect are you attacking the land. Chris Boucher? Again, no, I'm not. No, oh, but okay. I'm just saying that, like, you can't just come out with a pod like every month or like there's no consistency in terms of when you drop because that's not how the consumer does it. You know what I mean? And I, I appreciate that NBA players are busier than you and me who literally went to sleep podcasting and woke up podcasting. But like, you got to be on that grind set. And, and I think for Paul, with Paul, like Paul has consistently made shows every single week and they're, and they're insightful Yo, and there's dying, banter. I'm dying at you. You've shown more respect for Paul George, the podcaster than Paul George, the player. I've never seen you talk so highly about PG, man. I like, I like his podcast. I like his shoes. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you yeah. love your PGs as well. Yeah, PG Podcast P with Paul George, currently number two Yeah, in, in Canada. We're talking about I our competition that. right now, man. And by that. the way, you know, I hate to betray, um, you know, our own show, but I am looking forward to downloading uh, the Draymond Green show game two recap with Steve Kerr. Yeah, and that's another guy I really respect. Not, not you know, with Draypod, I mean, we made jokes about it, but like, Draymond also somebody who's like really committed to this, and I'm just he's like, like Ky- he's like Kyrie. Kyrie wants LeBron. Well, if I was trying to recruit my boy from Apple to IBM, <laughs> you guys wouldn't talk about it. So why are we making a big deal out of it? <laughs> it's like when Tim Cook wanted to change teams, it wasn't a problem. But when, when Tim Quinn Cook, 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 when Quinn, yeah, oh no, <laughs> when oh, Quinn no. Cook tried to do it, it was a problem. Oh, when he no. went from the Warriors to the Lakers, like I want to go. Oh no, no, but I think. But I, I respect Draymond. This guy's always in his bedroom, just doing a react pod. No, and he's I'm like, in. Oh, that's me. So no, he's he, he's locked in. No, but yeah. with KG though, I think I think a lot of players are able to bring that insight, but they're not able to do it in like a way that I feel like is like engaging and entertaining, and and also like educational. I feel uh-huh. like I feel like KG. You can just feel KG's like passion when he's talking about this stuff. 
And I think that separates them from a lot of these other guys because it's yes. like this space is littered. Like you turn on ESPN, you see like Tristan Thompson literally back on the panel now after oh, guarding what? Jokic. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, they what? did a whole segment. Richard Jefferson did a whole segment highlighting how he guarded, how Tristan Thompson guarded Jokic in game four of the Western Conference Finals, like right before the start of the finals. How long was the segment, man? <laughs> 25 and, seconds like, and he was there he's like you gotta body him you gotta make him feel you and richard jefferson's like all right man you got swept <laughs> so <laughs> anyways show yeah, tristan anyway. thompson collecting two checks but yeah. i i think that's what makes kg because like i used to really like i don't even remember he had that little area 21 segment mm-hmm. that yeah. was part of like inside the NBA. but this is much better than area 21 no offense no from the clips that okay. i've seen I can see I can see he can be more open, like just be really himself. Yeah. So I, I am ending my player podcast band to tap into KG's content. So. Yeah. And honestly, I know the the stuff with him and Paul uh, Paul Pierce are just kind of like whatever. That but that's his Joe House. Like, you know what I mean? Like No, I, I but I like the dynamic because like they are very different. Like well, well, yeah, KG is like super amped up and Paul, Paul Pierce, Pierce is just will always just like say high whatever. out of his mind, bro. And also Paul Pierce will just be like, yeah, Denver and Miami don't deserve to be in the finals. I mean, and, you and, know. And KG will be like, what are you talking about? Yeah. No, that's but so. that's good stuff. And they have like actual natural built-in banter from being teammates and stuff like that. Oh, but. man, you win a championship together? It's, you know. This is what happens when there's, when there's no game in between and we talking to each other 10 hours apart is uh, we breaking down other pods. But no, I, no. I think this is actually fairly like, for me, like I definitely listen to all, not all of them, but I listen to a ton of like NBA like podcasts, whether that's just reporters or um, analysts or um, you know player podcasts stuff like that. And like, yeah, my only gripe with the player podcast is you just can't expect to just show up and like you know just you can't just grab like this just random Joe Schmo off the street and drop whenever you want. And no, I hear you. the consistency is very important. And you know what I mean? Like it just that's not gonna mm-hmm. fly. Like. I think the other thing too is like you're not I, that I heard, you're not that famous. Like no offense, <laughs> I, man. I haven't heard I haven't heard PG podcast P, but I assume like he's pretty open. You know what? Like, if you're gonna start with that one, start with the Demar Derozan episode. That okay. one's really cool. I've, I feel like I've heard Demar on like 19 of these player pods. Man. I hear you. I hear you, man. I like what you, are we but... gonna talk about again, man? Like tell me, man. Just give me the give me the Cole's notes, man. No, we but doing his run through in his career again. Here's the thing that was cool about that, right? Because obviously, okay. me as someone who has covered the Toronto Raptors and also just yeah, been a fan pitch, of the Raptors, pitch me on podcast P. Like you're, I've, I've heard every right single now. Demar Derozan story. I thought, but then mm-hmm. um, the way Paul came about it with Demar was like, you know, let, let's let's go back to like the start of your life, you know, like and and sort of mm-hmm. tell me growing up in 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 Compton, like what that was like. Um, you know, he was telling stories about how Master P was like um, hosting them at his house. And I've, I've, they would I've, have these I've like crazy these, parties. I've, I've heard these stories. And Demar was like out front, being the bouncer, collecting like, um, you know, what would you call those? Like, you know, just you got to pay the bouncer to get in, kind of thing. Oh, okay, okay. And okay. and then like he a made cover. like, like co- he's yeah, cover. exactly. Yeah. He was essentially collecting cover, even though he wasn't actually security for the event. Mm. So he's collecting okay, like fine, th- okay, thousands fine. of dollars I'm, in cash. Or something I'm like sold. That. I'm easily sold. Okay, I'm in. Yeah, and I'm no, probably gonna have... pick another. I'm gonna pick another one. Still, I, I just I've heard too many tomorrow ones. All right, that's fair. That's fair. I'm gonna pick another one. Don't pick the Carlton yeah. Town one. That, I mean, you know better. To <laughs> oh listen to the man, thing that's a hate listen, man. Yeah, that's not even a hate listen, man. That's just like a. Is that the one where he's like, "Yeah, me and Jimmy are cool now"? He's like, "Me and Jimmy respect each." because we're both competitors right and i'm like um no 
<laughs> Yo, no. how, frust- how frustrating no. would it be to have Cat as like your franchise guy, man? I mean, I guess he's not really your franchise guy, but he kind of but is. Do you remember when when Cat had some of his like um, at the end of the regular season because the the Timberwolves were in that tight race at the end to mm. either make the play in or in the playoffs? Yeah, before Kyle Anderson fought Rudy Gobert. Right. Yeah. And- and then one of their players punched a wall. I can't remember his name right now. Uh, uh, that was uh, oh the wing, the wing that they were saying was better than OG defensively, man. Oh my god, what's his name? What's it? Oh, Jada McDaniel's. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Um, but there was like a towards the end of the regular season, Cap like had a big speech in the locker room, and he's kind of yelling at everyone's like, "Yo, we either you either with me or you what not with me, man. We're gonna go out there and we're gonna do this." And I think the next game he had like six points. Like, Yo, was... the next game, I I think you were on Pound the Rock or or, or or Cash was on your show. Like they lost to like the Portland team with Jonathan Williams. Mm. And, and it was like the biggest loss in like Vegas history. Oh, they like were like upset? 20. Yeah, because yeah. Yeah, they were 20 point favorites, I think. Yeah. yeah. So that's a Jonathan Williams, man. No. So that's um, yeah, that's the type of leadership you're getting from Cat, man. Yeah, and are you tapping into Trey Young's new pod? No. Okay. Also, okay. by the way, we we keep joking about this, but every the, the white pod co-host begins yeah. with a white co-host that you've never heard of, who's always wearing a ball the, cap, who's always twenty to twenty eight years yeah. old, or twenty five mm-hmm. to twenty, probably twenty five to thirty five years old. Yeah, he's um, always got that like double XLT type. Double XLT, maybe yeah. a chain, prescription glasses. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> prescription class back yeah, backwards right. cap You're like a backwards new era type cap yeah 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 probably some rich pauls on on his feet it's yeah. like everybody who just wants to podcast with duncan robinson or something like why is it always a duncan <laughs> robinson regen man like I, I just it's just funny to me because they could pick anyone in the world to do this but it's always the same archetype yeah it's i wonder if these amazing. guys are i wonder if these guys are just like yeah we just need like a like a different type of voice to compliment me. Like, mm. I don't, I don't, you know what I mean? Cause like all these guys can pick, like, I don't know the backstory of like, who, who is Paul George's like co-host? Like, is that a buddy? Like, is that uh, so a... there's like, I think they're two teammates from his high school team. Okay. 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 Yeah. So like, they know, they know ball a little bit, like they hoop yeah. and stuff. And okay. and that's where I think for me, like they're able to check Paul a little bit, which I, I really like, right. because again, like players can just like, not just bully people, but like sure. they're the authority, right? Because they probably are an, an authority on. Yeah, the situation, you don't you but... don't want like a yes man just sitting there and being like. And that's yeah. my biggest problem with that without the co-host thing. It's just like they're always just someone being like, yeah, and mm-hmm. oh man, I was sick. Uh huh. Yeah. Like no. Yeah, that's fair. Like, what are you there for, man? Just you're the producer at that point. Then you should just be behind the scenes. Yeah. No, that's yeah. fair. That's a that's a Tommy Alter industry, man. Like everybody is. <laughs> no, There's but... like a Tommy Alter in all of them. So. No, I'm feeling this Monday Lucy's vibe, man. So All we were right. talking about Spo and Ramona Shelburne. Yeah, I, um, okay. So I yeah. think my my thing with that is just like, um, and I said it on yesterday's podcast, uh, you know, ten hours ago when I was here. <laughs> you did? <laughs> yeah, and I talked about it in terms of like, because you asked me like, you know, you, it felt like oh, they right, they made right, Jokic right, right. score and they took yes, away his options. Yes, yes. And I'm just like. I don't think they made Jokic a score. They just did mm. a really great job of defending the other options. And I went through all the coverages in terms mm. of like they blitzed uh, Jamal Murray. They went to the zone, which took away from the pick and roll game. Um, you know, they kept them out of transition. That's where a lot of KCP and Bruce Brown's buckets are. They took out the Duckins for Aaron Gordon because they put a bigger defender and, and Kevin Love in the starting five. So he couldn't necessarily just play bully ball down low against a guard. They had Jamal Murray um, getting guarded by Jimmy Butler, which I think made it a little bit more difficult for him to pull up because there's more length chasing him around the top of the screen. Like, and I think the 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 fact that Jokic 
scored more was more of a function of the fact that the Nuggets offense was mostly shut down and they still sent tons of bodies at Nikola Jokic. So I think that's where for Spo, it's sort of just like, it's not frustrating in the sense that like, um, I need all the reporters to have crazy good basketball IQ and I need them to be like, you know, essentially my assistant coaches in the room level of understanding. But I also think that like when you factor in how much preparation a guy like Spo and his staff have put into this and how much his team has exercised and, you know, put in these practices and also went out and executed that, those game plans for all that to be reduced down to like, oh, you have two options. You know, you can guard Jokic straight up and let him score, but take away all his options. Or you can like really double team Jokic and everyone else scores. Like, it's not that simple. And like, maybe when we when we have this like um, stuff communicated to us sometimes by players or coaches, because I saw even Steve Kerr kind of commented on this uh, in his post game react by with Draymond, where he was like, you know, essentially that, right? Like, you know, they took away some of the assists and they gave Jokic the points. Like, maybe that's just the way that they kind of explain it to us because that's probably much more digestible than um, all the other, you know, aspects and all the details that they put into the actual defensive coverage. But um, I, I, I do think that there probably is a natural reflective, like, you know, annoyance at the idea that, like, it's that simple or that that's how binary the choices and i respect that ramona came it's not like ramona came in and she actually said like you know look listen i understand that like i I don't know all the details and and so you know i'm not asking you to give away your game plan but you know essentially she came out from a humble perspective in terms of as a as a and i think the question is valid but i also think the response from spo is understandable because there's so many details that went into it and to sort of just like you know, break it down in terms of like you have two options. You take the red pill or the blue pill defensively against Jokic. Like that's not what happens. Mm. Plus, they're not trying to give the ball to Jokic. If anything else, in that game, they were trying to get the ball out of Jokic's hands a lot of the time. Jokic just got himself open so often. Um. So, yeah, it's just it, it would be frustrating to to see the game misunderstood uh, or misunderstood just so fundamentally on that level. <laughs> you know. Yeah. No, that's fair. Yeah. And it's kind of funny to me. I always joke about. PJ Tucker like getting credit for for holding KD to like 49 points when they played a couple of years ago. It's kind of jokes to look at it too being like, "Oh yeah, they they were able to just like, you know, force them to be a scorer, but it's like I don't know how good it is when a guy still gets 41 points though. You know what I mean?" Yeah. Like 41 is still 41. I think the other thing too is like I like like Miami won this game cuz they exploded on offense in in the fourth quarter. It wasn't even like like I feel like I feel like Denver didn't have a very good rhythm on offense, but it's not like Miami won this game with their defense, honestly. Like they won because they 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 had an sure. all time fourth quarter explosion. They they won because of that. They won. Um, well, I mean, I don't know. I think I've been impressed with Miami's defense both games, man. No, so. like that's fair, but I think like sometimes like because Miami has such a defensive personality, right? Like everything about heat culture and all this stuff is built on them like playing like really good on defense. I almost think like we always keep chalking up like the shooting to to luck and like even like when they have a 36 point fourth quarter we don't talk about it in the same way when other teams mm-hmm. put up like basically a 40 point fourth quarter because mm-hmm. like i don't think they just have the players that you can attach it to like oh my god Giannis went for 23 or like kd like shot the lights out like yep. they just grinded their way to 36 points mm-hmm. like even mm-hmm. the 36 wasn't like glamorous like yeah outside no, that- of those duncan robinson uh you know shots that were beautiful Man, can't wait to. I will honestly. I, I kind of want to watch some Duncan Robinson film and incorporate that into my game, man. Oh man, you're trying to be the next dunk. 
Yeah, no, I'm trying. I already have the podcast, so I just need the actual game. <laughs> no, man, yo, how did this guy has the podcast first before he has the game? Man. Uh... What? <laughs> yo, it's so funny though. How do all these guys have a pod, man? We can't escape this. Yeah, l- listen, oh, player pods. I just, I just, I want to challenge you to just like approach it a with more dedication and b like mm. with a different co-host. I love that you're calling out these guys, man. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're legit calling them out. You're telling them their podcast game is not strong enough. I mean, this is our arena, right? To the untrained ear, like some of the podcasts you hear are not that good. No, how do you even train an ear, man? <laughs> <laughs> like, how does that even work? Man? This guy's mm. working out his eardrums, man. Oh, by the way, ESPN jersey. Uh, I want a greenie, man. A greenie jersey would be sick. Oh God. What is his full name? Oh, Mike Greenberg. Okay, there's I don't I don't I don't think he's a bad like like he's obviously great at his job. But sure. I just think that his job requires him to like because you know there's like a grace in which a host can move in and out. And I think especially now that we're doing a lot more stuff on air, um, mm. there's a different like skill level involved with that. And sometimes I do make sure to listen to other shows to see how they transition in and out. Um mm. and how you know that can be done smoothly because that doesn't come naturally to me right so that again that's that's part of the you know that's that's part of the job is is getting better at your craft and that you know someone who's obviously amazing at it is like ernie ernie johnson right and of course we're just comparing like to the very best but you compare the tnt halftime where ernie's able to pull them in and out and to be honest a much more like difficult and more unpredictable supporting cast in terms of having Shaq, kenny and and and, er, and um and Charles, as your, you know, panelists, it's harder to rein them in, especially based on the way they do it. But there's like a smoothness in which Ernie like guides you through the television experience in terms of coming in a commercial break, coming into the next topic, getting out of the break, you know, going, setting up the next thing. Like he does it really well. And then when you see er- like Greeny do it for ESPN, it's it's like he's like shuttling you out of the door. It's like a, it's like getting a waiter that's like literally pushing food on your plate and getting the fork in your hand and then like taking the plate out of your and then handing you the bill before you even ask for it and then pushing you out the door so the next table can come in. Like it's it's just very different experience. On top of the fact that I I, I don't remember one good moment, but <laughs> no, it just I mean their it's panel just, right it's now it's huge. With, it's a huge yeah. difference, man. The panel right now with Will Bond, who is it, Stephen A and Jalen Rose, like it just seems like they just like each take a turn saying like two lines well, I also and there's think no that, like discussion there's not like a really good like I, I don't feel like they have good role definition like they feels like they all play the same role right like mm. i think inside the nba would be really bad if all of them tried to you know do like Shaq's, if all of like, them humor. tried to be kenny smith or something Exa- like, exactly all, if yeah. all exactly yeah, all saying. of them want to run to the board and then show like two plays you know what i mean yeah. like yeah there has to be sort of like a role definition so people get uh, get something to understand about each character and i think they're just too similar to each other yeah i think i think i mean Stephen a's and a they're pure also ISO serious player. too Stephen a's a pure iso player like Stephen a's fully an iso yeah. player that's fine yeah. you can have an iso player but you need the other guys to sort of like J- jalen just drops bars like here's a random bar from like de la soul i think jalen um, rose is only on tv so he can show off his 8k crispy uh hairline which is oh still like the best hairline and, in all of television so and and will bond will bond's best like you know i i used to watch like uh pti a lot oh yeah like, of course i think that's a good format for him but like i'm also not looking at will bond the same way i'm looking at kenny charles and Shaq being like i want to hear what he has to say about this first half of a basketball game i mean yes and no i just think that like they need somebody to come in there and like pass the ball a little bit right because again mm. it's like 
But the problem it's is too, like they, they're, they're, they're working, taking your plate. Yeah, but they they're working on like a seven second shot clock too. What well, that's like, that's like, <laughs> I guess that's that's more of a production issue in terms of like you no, know. but there's like all these issues. Like I just yeah. it's crazy to me watching one clip of KG and I'm like, this is better than like 20 years of ESPN coverage that I've seen. That is fair. Yeah, I don't think Wait. there's not a single person that really likes ESPN coverage. To be frank. Yeah, and I mean, we haven't even gotten to like the play by play. I'm usually not as harsh on like the play by play. I feel like even in Toronto, like I know a lot of fans get get annoyed at certain like commentators and stuff. Like for me, that stuff doesn't really bother me. But uh, like Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson, they just like we need more like enthusiastic voices, especially at this NBA Finals level. And yeah. I feel like they're not it. No, they they're they're getting to like they're they're very grouchy at this point. Um, and I also cringe when they're complaining about foul calls because it's just kind of like, all right, man, like it's just too much. Like I've seen this like movie way too many times. I think they're mm. still ca- very capable of good banter and like there's a lot of good moments where they play off of each other. Um, but it is kind of offset more with the cynicism, which I don't really like. Um, I also, I, I find the one thing I don't like with broadcasting when people sort of like play up to the moment or like try to like hype the moment a little bit too much. Oh, I don't know. It just this, feels a little bit, Mark it takes, Jackson it's a little no? unnatural. It takes me out of the situation. Um, I actually don't think Mark Jackson does it so much because Mark Jackson is actually the, the goat at when they do the transition and they're going to commercial break and they're showing oh, the one play man. and you he just need him to, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He's just like. He's um, like, man, I gotta ask the Joker, why so serious? That's hard. That's ho- <laughs> no, I love it's that. not. No, how is that? What hard, man? That's great. No, what are you it's talking not. about? No, Mark Jones can do it. I don't think Mark Jackson can pull. No, it I disagree. I have, to, I have it the opposite way to be frank. But like, no, okay, it's okay. I, I, I love the Mark Jackson transitions. I think that's what he does best. He's he's had his best in transition as a half court player. Maybe not so good as a lot of five second backdowns. But like, oh, as man. a transition player, the you know the rules, hand down, man down. Like everyone loves that, man. <laughs> hand down, man down, still, still hits sometimes. That's hard. That's I'll his version of that. bang. I know, but because like, when I'd Mike Green yells bang, bang, and then you go to commercial break, and then he says hand down, man down, you gotta feel so great or so bad, depending on which. <laughs> Yo, team you're that, that's for, like man. when they bring an extra dessert for you, man. Yeah, like like you already got the bang, and they're gonna hit you with the hand down, man down, man. Mm. So Man. I actually I, I I I like some of that stuff, but no, I just think that when people like get force the enthusiasm, it just it just sounds a little bit cliche. Also, I guess I okay. don't like necessarily cliche because there's certain there's one guy on TNT this year who just kept saying, anytime anyone took a shot, he'd be like, "This is this player." I think right. it was like he, he would is be like, Reggie? "This, this is Devin like Reggie. Booker." No, no, Devin Booker is just or uh, sorry, Reggie is just. <laughs> All-time corny, but I actually kind of like it now. I don't mind Reggie, man. Do you know the thing about Reggie <laughs> nothing, is like... Nothing hits harder than a uh, click, click, welcome to your Kodak <laughs> moment. I was like, oh, oh brother. Yeah. Co- Yo, how come you... Why did you do that in a Jay-Z voice, by the way? <laughs> sounds no like clouds doing... in my stone. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you were doing the start of a Jay Beyonce song. The, the one thing I like about Reggie is that he showed... He, like, genuinely respects and loves the yes, current absolutely. generation of players. Yeah, he's not and a I don't think... Yeah, I don't think you get that from like all of these guys. And but I think with although, Reggie, too, although he, my he, biggest gripe with Reggie is he keeps calling James Harden the bearded one, and I'm like, it's just the beard, man. Okay, I, <laughs> like, I think, what is the bearded one? No, nah, you're like put this some respect like on calling, Santa. That's the that's Santa. Oh right he's the bearded no, one. Th- this is like calling Gretzky's like the great one. He's like the goaded one. Like you don't got to switch it up. No, man. the goaded one's hard, man. Um, no, I, I I like Reggie too. Um, although he does he does have a like. 
he has a, he has a tendency not to like talk down to the audience or like dumb down the audience, but he'll mm. say very obvious things that I'm just kind of like, yeah. Right, maybe me as a train, like a, as as like, like a seasoned NBA watcher, yeah. I'm just like, okay, I know what to, I know. I think I just have more empathy for these guys because like we we sure. don't do the same things as they do. But like we're sure. we're like providing content to people all the time and stuff. No, but like I, I do I, emphasize I like it's hard. It's a hard job. You can't, yeah, you can't make everyone happy. Like it's really hard because like absolutely people absolutely. consume basketball so differently, like person to person, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. in terms of what they want from like uh, a commentator. Yeah, that's fair. But I I do think that we can observe different people doing the same job across like different that's broadcast fair. crews yeah, and no, then sort of compare and contrast like what works well. Well, I mean, it's clear that ESPN stuff just doesn't work. Yeah, but I mean, I don't. I I feel like that's like a system wide thing. Also, it feels like everyone ESPN is trying to be the man. You know what I mean? Like nobody's passing the ball over there, and when they do, mm. it's like a force feeder. Like like a Greeny. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just need to know like one thing about Greeny. Like all I know about Greeny is he's the host. Like like you know like I don't know anything about Greeny. Like I know Will Bond was on PTI. I know Jalen Rose. Like you know used to play. Like we know but Stephen like, A. I don't know a one great example fact of this. Like both guys could give their point and deliver soliloquies, but they also knew how to pass to each other. And it's so important to know how to pass. Like you and I know how to pass. I'm not even trying to gas this up, but like that's part of the, the success of the show. No, no, we know how to play off of each other and Steph have and a Draymond. conversation. It's a Steph and Draymond situation. Like um, the ESPN halftime show feels like a bullet point with like no, 25 ESPN, commercials in between when they yell whopper, 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 whopper. Who's Who's the most ISO? It's just like four James Hardens in their prime. No, it's like a, it's <laughs> like the eighteen nineteen Houston Rockets. Like they're just running ISO every single game. Oh yeah, With, and Greeny um... is Luke Richard Umba Mute. <laughs> who's the guy that you gave me? Oh no, who's the guy in twenty nineteen? Oh, Gerald me. Green. Oh yeah, that's right. That was yeah, that was surprisingly difficult. I, I have a knack for yeah. finding these players that I've played yeah. a long time, but never for any relevant team. By the way, we're not playing the game today. Um, Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure, man. Okay. <laughs> like, Yo, one time I want us to just wrap in one hour, man. We literally don't have to recount the finals from 2000 if you don't want to. No, no, no. We're, we're gonna. It's been we're 40, man. Oh man, get me out of this. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, just got a text from Oren Weisfeld. Mm-hmm. Um, officially, text came in at 12:53 p.m. So we can estimate he woke up at 12:50. Mm. Um, he said, "What time are you thinking for the pod?" I'm still in recovery mode. Yeah, tell him. Tell him we'll do post game. Um, yeah yeah i'll check in on him um um what else couple of other things from game two so two plays that um fans highlighted i guess nuggets fans uh jimmy butler clearly stepped out of bounds on on um i think the baseline when he made a pass to gabe vincent for a three so that shouldn't have counted and there was also the bam goaltending um that's all just wanted to pass that along i mean the heat won that game like you know it happens, man. I mean, it was a three-point game, so I get the arguments. You know, a couple plays I want to highlight. Um, uh, Michael Porter Jr. completely spacing out on any three-point shooter getting open, mm. or Aaron Gordon spacing out on any three-point shooter getting open, or KCP mm. fouling two three-point shooters for th- six free throws. Mm. Yeah, here's yeah, like, here's my worry about. Yeah, no, I get it. Here's here's my worry about Denver, man. It's like, or or just for this series, it's like both teams are playing kind of like a seven-man rotation right now. Yep, and. It's not like it's not like if you lose a Michael Porter Jr. or a KCP or an Aaron Gordon, if they start struggling, it's not like you have any other options. That's one of my concerns with Denver. Yeah, is like, like you they need don't these have... guys to play well. Yeah, they don't have the luxury of like another guy sparking them off the bench, and I think they actually got them. 
that with with Christian Brown um, in game two, mm-hmm. and that still wasn't enough because their starters were, and typically their starters play excellent together, but the starting unit wasn't actually that good in uh, in game two, despite the late comeback there. So, hey, listen, man, it's one game. It's one game. Like I know, I know. Of course, yeah, the conversation course. will shift this way, but we'll see. I mean, we'll I still think happens. they're the better team, but at the same time, like Miami out executed them, and that's what they do. So. Miami every series, and even I wrote them off after game one. Like every series, we just have the same talking points about the Heat, and then as we get into the series, like suddenly they have these advantages, mm. and they have the edge, and they wear the other team down. Yeah, like, good coaching it, matters, man. No, but like you if want Quinn Cook too... again? Saw Quinn <laughs> like Cook this... come over to Spo a couple times, <laughs> whisper in his ear. What was he whispering? <laughs> oh man, no, this is two two, man. No, we might be heading for a good finals, man. We'll we'll see. We'll see, mm. see what happens at the. Kasaya Center. And last thing, a couple of people sent this in um, after recording last night's pod. Um, you know, we had a Celebro update. Uh, Lil Wayne was also there yesterday. I oh. forgot to mention. All so, right. There I we go. That. There we go. Lil Wayne. Wheezy F, baby. Oh, God. I don't know. What's Why? Yo, this whole week, man, this guy's been dropping bars. <laughs> he's been saying, he said, he's taller than your t- than two mamas. He said he's taller than two of your mamas. It's Victor one by Yeah, first That's of all, hard. two of your two of your mamas is wild. <laughs> like, uh, let's not even get into that. Um. Anyways, per per every single industry insider, including Shams and, yeah. and Chris Haynes of BR, uh, a new twist has emerged in the LeBron James Kyrie Irving reunion plot. Uh, league sources have told Bleacher Report that Irving wants the Mavericks to explore trading for LeBron this offseason to create a big three alongside himself and Luka Doncic. Uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on this uh, Kyrie Irving Shark Tank pitch? Um, first off, that is exactly what's going on here, <laughs> which is really funny to me. Um, okay, so I'm thinking about, like, how can they pull this off, right? Now, before we can even talk about, like, just um, what the roster might look like and all that kind mm. of stuff. And how like logistic, like logistically, can they do it? Logistically, can they do it? Right. Right. And I'm looking at the Dallas Mavericks team payroll. Um, mm. They're at one hundred and eight million dollars guaranteed uh, for for this current team. Now, obviously, Kyrie's going to resign. So this is probably a thing where you have to. I mean, obviously, you're going to have to trade with the with the Lakers because LeBron is under contract. You can't just do nothing. LeBron's making like fifty million dollars. I think yeah, LeBron LeBron is an expiring contract, by the way, because he signed that. I think. Oh, oh sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. But yes, yeah. he, he's making 50 next year. And I so I'm, say I'm looking 50. at the, the Lakers salaries um, cap sheet. Yeah. Forty six point nine million. Three million dollars. God damn. <laughs> OK. All right. Yeah. Um, anyway, this so, is the last year of his contract. So you would need to aggregate up salaries to trade. For LeBron, do, like it's do not the Mavericks just a, even have players, so they would. I'm looking at. I'm looking. I guess you would throw in Tim Hardaway Jr. It's and like, this is assuming that the Lakers will do this. Yeah, it's like Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, and Maxi Kleber gets you to right. Le, almost LeBron's does, number, but it doesn't get you to the Lakers saying yes. Yes, because they also don't have like picks. They have no picks. Well, the only pick they could, I guess, like the most appealing pick is this year's pick. Okay, but we're talking about LeBron James, and you're going to take the tenth pick in this year's no, draft. I, no, I'm I'm with you. Like that's not. Yeah, that's not happening. If so, LeBron, oh this is God, just this actually is... genuinely difficult to do. Even if we're just assuming, just like how, even assuming like this is not a situation where the Lakers will do LeBron a solid, and that the Mavericks will do anything to move heaven and earth for LeBron. But like, 
you know, it, it's just going to be difficult because in no universe are you taking Tim Hardaway Jr., Davis Bertans, Maxi Kleber, and the 10th pick for LeBron James. I don't care if LeBron's 60, I wouldn't do that, right? So um, that alone is difficult. Then you have a situation in Dallas where you have very, very strange, like a, a, just a strange roster left over. I suppose you could re-sign Christian Wood, re-sign Dwight Powell, re-sign Kyrie, re-sign some of your other free agents that you have bird rights to and go over the cap. I mean, at that point, obviously, you're just going to spend whatever you need to. But still, it's a strange one. I also think the audacity of Kyrie, not the audacity, but just like Kyrie being like, I'm actually the captain here. I'm going to call my boss and request them to do this trade, even though I'm not even under contract with this team right now. But this is exactly... Remember his just, press conference? It's kind in, of amazing, man. His press conference in Brooklyn when he was like, yeah, me and KD are basically the coaches. Yeah, like, and, and and that's why I don't think Steve Nash should be in the Raptors head coaching search. But regardless. Yeah, um, it appears he's not. So, like, he's out of the running. So oh, wow, okay. Well, technically he wasn't man. in the running for the Brooklyn Nets job, even though he was oh, coach God. there. But, like, you know, Kyrie making the demand there. Like, I get it. Like, I understand it. But, you know, what are you really going to be able to do in Dallas? Obviously, the, there is the unthinkable, which is you trade Luca. Which I mean, if Kyrie no. comes to you and they're like, "Hey, I want you to trade Luca," like that would be the most chaotic thing possible. But <laughs> no, technically, I mean, that is possible. I'm sure Kyrie has actually explored that. Yeah, yeah. Like, so Ky- Kyrie's got his third eye open, man. I'm just I, again, like I, I just don't really see how this is going to happen. But it no. is it is funny to me that um, Kyrie is leading the charge and getting LeBron back. Yeah. Uh, after he famously left LeBron. He um, left LeBron after they went to the finals, like how many years in a row? Yeah, like, and I don't think it necessarily worked out great for either of them. Like LeBron obviously won a title since then, but, you know, um, I I, th- I think that the best situation would have been just to stay together in Cleveland and continue building on that. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's messy. And I think this is what like, you know, um, NBA discourse and ESPN really lives on is like, forget the finals. Like this is going to be the biggest story in in, in what's going on in basketball and yeah, no, it's gonna, it's gonna this, be like messy slop and no, it's gonna this be is what great... it is to me this is messy slop like this is actually so <laughs> Yo, sad this watching is so, them do this this is so messy because you could make an argument like you know setting aside all the stuff you said about how logistically it can work like lebron going to dallas like he might have a better situation there if they were able to make but it happen will but he even have that because no, i think ad is a better like for in terms of not kate ad is a better player than Kyrie or 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 luca although i do think he's better than Kyrie, but um, like that's what LeBron needs. LeBron needs Kyrie in LA with AD more than he needs Luca to be with Luca and Kyrie in Dallas. Like nah, he needs Luka, the LeBron, defensive Luka, supporting Luka cast around him. Luca LeBron Kyrie is pretty crazy, but like offensively, I mean, only if they really synergize that well off of each other. Yeah, I just don't trust any partnerships with Kyrie. Like, like any Absolutely. star player has to get out of the Kyrie Irving business. Like. It, it's just like what what positive returns have we seen? I mean, people point to 2016, and obviously that made it work with LeBron. No, of course, but, but that's like, but seven years ago. No, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That'd be like me pointing to 2016 and being like, the Raptors need to get Demar Kerr and Luis Scola back. But like, right, right. I, I also just don't think his game, fundam- LeBron's game, fundamentally meshes with Luca in terms of how they currently play. It will really require both of them to play entirely differently, let alone what you're going to do on defense. Because, again, Kyrie, Luca, LeBron on defense is just kind of hilarious I think Le- to LeBron's me. LeBron's happy to be off ball, though. Okay, fine. He like, could be happy like, to be off ball. Take a secondary role. Like, 
one of them's got to be Aaron Gordon. Not not okay. That's 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 hyperbolic. But like you know what I mean. Like no, somebody's I, gonna I, have I to like really saying. like specify their role. I, I don't think LeBron winning. minds being like that kind of hyper role player and then picking his spots. Okay, fine, but. I don't think he needs to go to Dallas to do that. I, I think no, that's you know, it's pretty clear that Kyrie could just come to LA to do that. <laughs> Kyrie is just so chaotic. Like, of course he would want to run a reverse Viking and, he, and explore oh, he, this. He's like, let's <laughs> like, pillage their village. Yeah. <laughs> or, Orin has just now texted me the word afternoon. I'm just going to have to text him back and be like, we're good today, brother. Yeah, um, just, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's, that's the extent of that. The other thing is LeBron you know he just like ad he could have not signed that extension last summer and yeah and but he could have LeBron just also kind of has like freedom of movement because he i don't think he could have joined the lakers on free, or dallas on in free agency anyway unless he took yeah, like fair. way less than the max which i don't no, really think fair. he should that's fair so how, how about in two years it's like um it's lebron Kyrie, luca and Bronny, yeah all on dallas bro they might move greeny out to dallas they might move like, the headquarters so out of funny, Bristol, man. man. <laughs> yo, yo, that would be wild, man. Um, they're gonna play games at like the Cowboys Stadium. Man. Yeah. Anyways, I mean, they probably will sell it out. But I mean, like, yeah, it's, this is just like I don't see this happening. I I don't really think that this is like, um, that uh, even even that appealing enough an idea for as a casual fan. I'd actually well, rather the, uh, yeah. continue seeing um the Mavericks try to sort out their mess. Oh, I think they're clearly like, better than what they showed post trade deadline after acquiring Kyrie, but, and but I also I want to they, see the Lakers yeah. keep building on what they have. Like I actually don't want to see the Lakers dissolved as a basketball yeah, entity. Yeah, but when's when's the last time you've you like LeBron is just not a patient man. Fine, like, just get Kyrie over to your side. This doesn't make any sense. You know what I mean? Well, no, but Kyrie, I this think is this like is your the problem. Kyrie this, can get the most money in Dallas, so he wants to stay in Dallas. Yeah, like I don't think the Lakers are trying to offer him that type of money or term. Yeah, this is like if you and I were trying to go to Wonderland. And you drive mm. a 01 Honda Civic, and mm. I drive like, I don't know, an Escalade, and I'm mm. like, "Yo, let me come to your house, park my Escalade in your condo, and then I'll yeah, let's yeah. take this, it the 01 is, Honda Civic to Wonderland." Like it's a very you should come to me, drop your yeah. you know burner car off, and then we can drive up in the Escalade. You no, know what no, I mean? you, you know, I, I also I have pick... no idea of anything about cars because the only yeah, thing yeah, I know yeah, about yeah. Escalades is from G Unit songs from so. from Auto Porter, his interview with Auto Porter. Yeah. I got Lamborghini rims on the Escalade. <laughs> oh, please, sorry, man. I just uh, can't stop please. doing this. I'm sorry. Please, man, what's going on, man? It's only Monday. It's only it's um, only noon, man. I was yeah, potty at one a.m. and I'm potty at <laughs> no, one p.m. Man. Man. No, I I think what are no, we doing? A must... marathon. You've done pods like you know closer, right? Like this can't be. This no, can't be for sure, record. for sure, for sure. It's not. Like it's 12, not a record at all. Twelve hours actually seems all right. All right, final segment is um yeah. So the NBA finals are taking place. Wanted to see how many classic finals we have seen since. 2000. Okay, let's do it. You start watching ball in 2000. I did not. I, I famously the first uh, NBA finals I tapped into with uh, was the Pistons beating the Lakers. Okay, let's start with that then. Okay, because so, that's technically 20 years ago now. Yeah, 2004. Okay, but man, you missed some great ones in the 90s. No, how about this? You know. you just give me you just give me your ratings on the first couple because obviously I know tangentially like obviously the Lakers won a whole bunch of those and then the Spurs got one. Okay, fine. Yeah. Um. Can I start in 96 then? No, no, I'll start in 2000. Start 2000. in 96, bro. What are you talking I, about? I just want to reminisce. I just, I just want to reminisce, man. Okay. okay 2000. Yeah. 2000. This was when the Lakers won their first championship with Shaq and Kobe. Mm. They beat the Indiana Pacers in six games. 
So this was the one where famously um, Shaq fouled out and then Kobe carried them to the finish line in an overtime game. I want to say this was game four. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Shaq, Shaq and Kobe just dominated. But this was the Pacers team with, with Jalen Rose, with I think Mark Jackson. No, Mark Jackson wasn't there anymore. I don't think Reggie Miller, late mm-hmm. career Reggie Miller. Larry Bird was the head coach. Um, how are we going to rate these? So out of five Larry OBs, I would give this one like a three and a half. It just wasn't that competitive, right? I think that's the major thing with it. Like that's the, the problem with Shaq okay, and Kobe were just so good at that, at, at that time. Yeah, that's the problem because when you look at the Lakers, because this is the start of a three-peat, uh-huh. all of their best series was in the conference finals. The 2000 conference finals, that was Lakers-Portland. Man, shouts to shouts to the the Indiana Pacers for having for a long time both Austin mm. Crozier and Jeff Foster. Oh, that's right. That's like having two Cody Zellers. That's like having Cody <laughs> and uh, Tyler Zeller, man. No, the crazy thing is they probably put them on ticket stubs, man. Like in Indiana, they probably like, did, man. They probably they called probably, them the Twin Towers. I was just gonna say they they were probably the disgusting brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't oh, had man. Rich Smith. Wow. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. yeah the, Duncan Dutch, team, the Duncan Dutchman. Um, yeah. No, because I think fire. the interesting thing is like when you look at some of these old teams and the rosters, like they look mm. so much like the way the Raptors build a roster. Because right yeah. now there's so many guards and forwards in the league, but when you look at this roster, we're looking at Sam Perkins, Al Harrington, Austin Crozier, Zontabach, Rick, Rick Smith, Jeff Foster, and Dale Davis. Like that's just mm. absurd front court depth, man. Oh yeah, no, but the the problem too is like. Because they everybody was chasing like the Lakers, like you had to have like at least twenty four fouls on deck. But you don't like th- on the roster. That's so ridiculous to me though. Like it's not like you could stack two centers on it on each other's shoulders. No, but even okay. Shaq. So so we go to two thousand and one. So yeah. this was Lakers Sixers. Yeah, Lakers won four one. So so most iconic moment was was probably game one. Averson stepping over Ty Lue. Like Sixers had Defensive Player of the Year to Kemi Mutombo, mm-hmm. and and like he got dominated by by Shaq and then they had backup uh Canadian Tom McCullough who like had to come in for like six fouls but yeah that was another forgettable what's the point finals. of having a guy in there for six fouls like a small guy could like could take <laughs> six fouls as well but also space the floor like yeah I guess they just didn't think that way back then like it was very traditional in terms of like we need two centers on the roster okay like this is a power forward like this guy plays small forward like, right. What's your, what's your rating for the series? This, this series is uh, two out of five. This is yeah. only a two. Damn. Do you tell yeah, me AI I mean, over over Ty Okay, Lue. but 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 I'm thinking like I'm not thinking about just the iconic moments. Like that series was not interesting. Like it was interesting when the Sixers won Game One because mm-hmm. I want to say the Lakers. I don't think they even lost a game. Yeah, yeah that, that the was finals. the only game that they lost all yeah. one. They were yeah, sixteen yeah, and one. That was dominant team. So, like, there was some stress in that game one after that game one. But after that, they were cruising. All right. Like, Shaq dominated, man. Okay. Like, you actually need – you need to see the stats, man. I, I, I'm trying to – I'm pretty sure I've seen the stats. Like, he's probably averaging, like, 40 or, or like, like, 35 Like, Shaq in game like one – in game one that they lost had 44 and 20. All right. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me look at some like, of these numbers, man. 34 and 14. This man had 28, 20 rebounds, nine assists, eight blocks in game two. And again, a, the style of basketball they played was so interesting because they were all exclusively play at the rim. So you can have stat lines like eight blocks. 28, 29, and eight in a game that they won 98 to 89. Like, yeah, this no, is, this is kind of this is kind of wild, man. If they played 
if Shaq played today, he really might average 40 and 20, man. I, I mean, I, I definitely don't see any natural matchups for him. Because, again, like, he's going to see Cody Zeller. No, and, I remember and... Draymond Green being like, yeah, I could guard Shaq. It's like, no, you can't guard Shaq. Yeah. No, don't tell me Draymond no, 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 can guard no, Shaq. I'm just thinking about, like, what can they do, like, double team-wise against him. But, I mean, I don't even know. He was so Yo, strong. He would spin at a double team. They used to quadruple team him. He would just spin. Like, the only way you could stop him was get him to the free throw line. Yeah. Because he yeah, couldn't shoot fair. free throws. Maybe that's why you needed six fouls. To hack a shack. Yeah. No, for but real. again, anyone but... could hack a shack. You know, it no, doesn't have to be I, I, Jeff Foster. I, I do get your point. Um shouts to, shouts to the OG refs too, man. Um Steve Javi, who's now trapped in that room, ref mm. this series. Dick Bavetta. No, just Steve Javi locked in the closet. He trapped in the closet <laughs> no. like uh like like R. Kelly, man. Oh god. Um yeah. Cancel. so Cancel. sorry. Okay, so that series was kind of a dud. Mm-hmm. Uh, next one is a zero Larry OBs out of five. The Lakers sweeping Jason Kidd and the New Jersey Nets. Yeah, that's what's what's this? What, this has got to be a zero, man. Yeah, this is a zero. Yeah, like are there uh, any again, moments? There's no uh, memories. No, actually, none because um, I think the only moment is that photo that that goes around social media of Shaq dunking over four Nets players at the basket. That's that's what happened in this. But like the best series in that playoffs was Lakers Kings in the Western Conference Finals, and everybody knew that mm. was the real NBA Finals. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. okay. So again, the finals is bad. Okay. So we haven't had a classic so far. No, I mean we're 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 talking about this era that we fondly like remember, but mm-hmm. it, it just wasn't competitive in the slightest. And like, I and I can't explain to you, and I, and I know you know this because you've seen some dud finals, but. Going through two weeks of a dud finals, it's like it's trash because there's, there's no yeah, other alternative. No like you can't watch another NBA game. Like you're just yeah. you're, you're locked into. And, and, and back then, I remember they would take pretty long breaks, man. <laughs> like mm. right because they had to fly games. in between. Yeah, yeah, for like three games in between, and then you would just watch the Lakers beat the Nets again by twenty. Like yeah. waiting three days for that was tough. All right, so the next season was the Spurs beating the Nets four two. Oh, <sighs> yeah, tell me any memorable moments, please. Uh, I think Tim Duncan almost got a quadruple double in Game Six. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. Yeah. That's that's really the main memory. So I'm gonna have to give this one, even though it was a six game series. I don't think anybody thought the Nets were gonna win this series. This is a one. So like a... yeah, I'm gonna give this a one. Feels like a one. Also, like the Spurs were not a fun team to watch aesthetically. And fair, fair. Neither were the Nets. Because I, I feel like people conflate like two eras of the Spurs. Like I, I don't like the Spurs were not always playing twenty sixteen basketball. No, um, definitely not. Look at the scores from this series. Game four, the Nets won seventy seven to seventy six. <laughs> Game five, an offensive explosion. Yeah. The Spurs blow out the Nets ninety three to eighty three. And then in the clincher, they won eighty eight to seventy seven. Uh huh. And they needed to score. They outscored the Nets thirty-one to fourteen in the fourth quarter to pull I, that out. I swear they were playing a different sport. These guys had fifty-seven man. points going into the fourth mm. in a finals clinching game. Bro, scoring twenty back then meant a lot more than scoring twenty now. No, of course, not That's... just because of inflation, like the style of the game. No, because because you remember, like thinking about like I remember during the season, they always flashed a graphic of like Tatum and Brown are like one of the top scoring duels. Mm-hmm. Like right next to Shaq and Kobe, and I'm like, you can't do that. Like that's not a fair way <laughs> yeah. to represent this. No, like they're at no point have they ever been Shaq and Kobe. I, I, yeah, I'm saying the NBA scoring market is like the Toronto housing market. You know what I mean? I can't okay, compare property value to why my parents bought the house. 
No, that's fair. That's fair. We need to we need to have a Mark Savell adjustment. Yeah, yeah. On that. Okay, man. I'm looking at this list you're tracking right now. These finals are all trash. No, I got a three two zero one right now. Okay, we'll get. And I feel see. like 03 um, could have been a one, could have been a zero too, but re realistically, no, we given it a one. Okay, two thousand four. Okay, two thousand four. This was fire to me. This was when this was when the Pistons upset the Shaq, Kobe, Carmelo, and Gary Payne Lakers, four yeah. to one. I think just from a narrative standpoint, entertainment, I'm gonna have to give this like. Uh, should I go all the way up to four? I was gonna give it like a three and a half. I I, I have here listed as six because this is the first one I watched. Yeah, I, I just feel like it was. It was so interesting watching the Lakers no, fall yo, apart. You know I'm way. giving these out of five, right? Oh, these are out of five? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I thought these were out of ten. <laughs> no, no, no. So give this a five then. You, you want to give this, this a five? It's not a five then. No, no, it's not a five. That's I, I mean, was gonna say three. That's and a three for four. me. Yeah, that's a three okay. for me then. Okay, let's go three. Okay. But this from an entertainment standpoint, this this was great. And watching the Pistons too. Yeah, and I love the way the Pistons work together as a team. Obviously, everyone knows that. Um, mm -hmm. you know, they're starting five, Mr. Big Shot. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just a great introduction to NBA basketball, quite frankly, for me. So, yeah, very immigrant culture. Oh, absolutely, on, man. On, on the Pistons, so that was great. And then Shouts the next to Ben year... Wallace too. I feel like half his blocks were goaltends, but we just don't even talk about it. <laughs> yeah, because there was no video replay back then. I I just we I just don't know. moved on. Maybe it's because he's smaller and he had a way where he was able to time his jump so well. Mm. But it always felt like he was spiking the ball into the crowd, and I'm like, half the time you spike the ball, it's a goaltend. I miss the days when you could have a rebounding specialist on, yeah. on the court. You can't and, get and away you, with but, that. But anymore. listen, you needed that against Shaq, right? Because otherwise, Shaq would grab like thirty of them. But but, or but nowadays, if, if if you're playing four and five on on offense, like it's over. Yeah. Like you can't have that. So I do miss those days. That's um, fair. Next up, another very boring match. This guy said I miss did... Reggie Evans. <laughs> but it did go but it did go seven games. Two thousand and five, the Spurs beating the Pistons yep. in seven games. I think people remember like Robert Ori's big shot mm -hmm. in Detroit. Um I'm pulling up the box scores again. I'm uh, Manu had a really because, great series. Just because this went seven games, I'm gonna reluctantly give it a three, but it was not it was a lot of like seventy to sixty games. No, you understand. I got the exact scores here. Okay. Game got one. You. 84 to 69 mm. San Antonio game two 97 to 76 I'm game surprised three, they got 96, close to 100. 79 oh my god even a game that went to overtime game five the Robert Ory shot 96 95 <laughs> in overtime where the Spurs won That's seven six <laughs> seven six in overtime yeah, like and right. the final game seven was 81 to 74 that's what I was remember yeah yeah, like, no, it was, oh it was great God. defense at that time. And who was in some of those series, man? Obviously, you know the big three was already there. For you had the, the Bruce Spurs, Bowen. You know, Bruce, Bruce Bowen was there. Was Dina. Brett Berry still there? Yeah, Brett Berry might have been there as well. Yeah, like, like man, Sean Marks level, was on man. that squad. Right, remember, right, right. Remember our guy Nazir Mohammed coming mm. off the bench? Oh, bro, Nazir Mohammed would be a sick mm. who he played for game. Oh yeah, Canada. we might be ruining it by looking at the rosters oh, to be man. honest. No, I would have seen Chicago Bulls and San Antonio Spurs. I got that. Man, late stage, late stage Antonio McDice. Oh, oh my man. Antonio McDice, bro. The dice, man. This guy changed teams, right? Because I think he went to the Pistons after that. Oh yeah, that's right. No, he was on the Pistons on here. Oh, he was on the Pistons there. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Was he on the Spurs? He was definitely on the Spurs. Oh man. Okay, so we was still he, haven't was had he a classic. On the Spurs? Now I'm kind of. Uh, we still know. haven't had a classic so far. So. 2006, 
Yeah, it, he was on be the Spurs. Near, this might be near classic status. Miami coming back from... This is them coming back from 2-0. Oh, yeah. Avery yeah, yeah. Johnson. What, what did we give this Mavericks. series, by the way, for the, for the previous one? Uh, I'm going to give it a... Uh, give it a two. Yeah, that's a two. Sorry, which is even tough it's game for, seven, but it's... It which two. is tough for a seven-game series, but... Yeah. It was not... Yeah, so this one I'm going to give a 4.5 out of 5. Because this is memorable. Yeah, this, no, this, was, is, the Mavericks this is definitely up memorable. Josh Howard um, calling Josh that Howard, timeout. Man. No, Josh Howard was the OG Haywood Heisman, man. Again, that name just no, sounds like a country he, yo, singer. No, you're discrediting Josh Howard. No, of course not. Because Josh was Howard was like a starter. Man. He averaged like 20. Like, I, I get all that. But I just meant his name. I don't know. It just oh, felt, no, that's fair. That's something fair. about his name felt fake, man. Because player-wise, he was like Turbo James Posey, man. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. He was good. He had a short prime, but it was a good one. Yeah, so this was obviously Dwayne Wade shooting like 50 free throws a game. Yeah, yeah. But Dwayne Wade was legitimately great, man. He was great. Come I do on. feel bad that it gets overshadowed that every time this series comes up, it's just about the refs. Exactly. I agree. And that's Mark Cuban's fault. Mark Cuban was the OGU, man. Like, he made everything about the refs. I, he was their names are, man. He he was heavy on that. Except he would catch million-dollar fines and you just skate through life. The funny thing with these, like, um, like tech billionaires or guys who, like, get into money quickly is, like, they always showed up everywhere wearing a T-shirt and a bad haircut. And I'm like, mm. is this your attempt at trying to remain normal? Because mm, like just is embrace the humble. fact that you're rich, man. Just, just buy some rich Pauls is what you're saying? A- everybody was dressed like, spoiler, 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 succession spoiler. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh, Uh-oh. Everyone was dressed like Roman in the final. Like <laughs> Roman was wearing a $13 Walmart shirt. Yeah. That's not even a spoiler. But I mean, I-, I saw some people on the losers Reddit being like, um, was like, what well, was a little bit too callous with the spoilers so i do apologize okay no please man I, we got to do I better mean, and we, we're gonna do you, that i gave you a chance to issue an apology last week and what did you, i say you flatly said no you're like no i'm not apologizing well yeah well I, i'm changing my stance i i do feel like okay. I, I i if people are actually getting the show spoiled for them and didn't want it there's, yeah no we, there's we no reason why they don't choose between the two no we don't intend to do that we're not trying to be um, i just think that there are certain details that, like aren't spoilers like what he wore sure. as a t-shirt or even like I, I just think i just think too when me and you're like details. you know we just watched the show like i think naturally we're gonna reference it but we it's are fair, trying to fair. be conscious conscious of it i so. got you got you we'll watch a new show um so i don't know no classic so far. Where are we? I mean, this 06 is, is close year, to a class. Uh, honestly, 4.5 is generous. I'm bumping this down to a 4. Okay, yeah, let's go 4. Okay. Yeah. So still really not a classic? Like, that's the well, most We had a dry one. era. I'm not going to lie to you. Some of these, like, finals yeah. were fairly we're, we're dry. about to get some classics, though. Okay. We're about to get some classics. But not this one. Not 2007. Oh, hell no, The man. Spurs sweeping LeBron's first uh, uh, finals appearance, 4-0, coached by Mike Brown. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. There's absolutely nothing I, I I can add to this. I feel like with this one, the the reason why it's so, and what are we giving this a one? Even I don't uh, even remember giving, any plays I'm from this series a, except for um, did LeBron dunk on Tim Duncan? Like I just remember Tim Duncan hugging LeBron after the series and being like, "This league is yours. Will be yours soon." That, that is literally all I remember. He hugged him and it was like, "I'm gonna beat you t- ten years from now." <laughs> yeah, he's like, "I'll see you again in four years, brother." <laughs> Um. Yeah, no, just, I, I think, we I think it was just so clearly like a, a mismatch. Like the Spurs were such a more experienced team, 
And I'm not saying the Cavs shouldn't have been there, but it was clearly going to gear up for the Pistons playing the Spurs again. Mm. And LeBron had his like ridiculous moment where he overcame um, the Pistons yeah. single-handedly. But I then will... you got to the finals and it's like, I'm here with Eric Snow and Sasha Pavlovich and, mm. you know, Listen, Larry I, Hughes. This is like, not, this is not good, legally man. not legally binding, but I will buy you a pair of uh, Rich Balls if you can name the three Cavs players who... Um, who averaged double digits. So this is easy for you. Oh my obviously God. Braun. Obviously Braun. So really two. LeBron. Okay. Yep. Um, and you can't have any misses. Like you have to just hit. Oh, big Z. Nope. You're out. Yeah. Bro, how did, but you... you can't keep guessing. You can keep guessing. Okay. Yeah, man. I, I kind of wanted the rich balls. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yo, you should have locked it a little harder, man. Wait, but, bro, big, just... How big, how is big Z not a valid guess? I feel like, okay, hold on. No valid. Big Z was the fifth highest score on that team. 7.8 points. Wow, I, maybe I'm misremembering Big Z, but I, th- I thought he was better than no, that. No, this was late career Big Z, though. Yeah. And also, I he mean, was late going career up Big against... Z was when LeBron brought him to Miami, but all right. Brother, man, he was going up against Tim Duncan. I expect 10 points, <laughs> like, man. God damn. Like, how did you not factor that in? Who, who, this guy thought okay. he was just going to be like doing the dream shake on Tim Duncan. Damon Jones? Nope. Way off. Oh, my God. Damon Jones, four point five points. Although, <laughs> although did league, uh, he did lead the team with a fifty five percent from three. But I'm gonna go ahead and say it was on like one attempt. Yeah, probably. Um, wow. Yeah. God way damn. off, P. Larry way Hughes. Off way off, naughty. Oh no, he only played two games and averaged one point. Yo, this he was is out who of LeBron was going to the finals with, man. Sasha Pavlovich. Pavlovich. Um. No, they did have an Alexander Pavlovich. Is that Sasha Pavlovich? I don't think so. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, you're right. It, no, it is Sasha Pavlovich. Oh, that is? Oh, okay. They just listed him by his government name. But Sasha Pavlovich um, was fourth, so he is not top three. Oh, my God. 9.8 there's, points. There's no way Eric Snow scored 10 points, man. Eric Snow, 1.3 points. How are exactly. you getting everyone except for the two guys? I almost named the whole roster. Ira Newble only played in one game, did not score at all. Yeah. Somehow this Booby is even Gibson? more impressive. Was he, was he even on that team? Was he? Booby Gibson. Yes, Booby Gibson was third. So you got Booby Gibson. Now you have to get their second leading oh, who score. Who was his second leading score? Who did Booby Gibson Andy, was Anderson Marichal was ten point eight points. No way off seven point five points. You have almost Yo, I, named. I actually guessed the whole roster. This is disgusting. you have almost man. named the whole roster. Who else was even on that team? Is this someone prominent? You know this guy. He's been referenced in a rap song. That's okay. This guy. It's not Scott Pollard. I was I, honestly. I consider guessing Scott Pollard, yeah, but yeah, there's no way. I, I, I felt some sicko energy from you. No, I don't know, man. Who is it? Drew Gooden, bro. Oh, Drew Gooden. Yeah, I forgot he was on the team. 12.8 points. What was the song, man? Uh, Being Good Will Only Get You Drew Gooden? It was in, <laughs> didn't Drake say that? Drake said that. Yeah. What does that even mean? Uh, let me, what does that mean? Look that up. At least he's taller than two of your mamas. No, no, no. This is J. Cole. My bad, my bad. J. Cole, my bad, my bad, my bad. Yeah. Okay. He's like, being good is good. That'll get you Drew Gooden. Yeah. How how is that a that bar, from, bro? That was from J. Cole. I mean, it was it's a it's a it's a line that was written by a rapper, so it's a bar. But it's, it's a not bar. a bar. Yeah. So that is not a bar. Sorry, I'm sorry, man. We're giving wow. that zero. We're giving yeah. that 
finals a zero. Damn, and then, True Good was number two, huh? Hmm. Yeah, but I'm I'm crazy impressed. I, I really you, missed out on those Rich Pauls, man. That was not even close. <laughs> I know. My not goodness. knowing how I really guessed out the whole roster don't, too. Don't, don't worry, nuts, I might man. give I might give you a couple more chances as we go through All right, these finals. Got you, got you. Um, two thousand and eight. That's two thousand eight. This is good. This is this is good. Let's give this like a four out of five. So this is this is Phil Jackson's Lakers, Kobe, Pau Gasol versus the Ubuntu, Boston Celtics. This is anything Pierce, is possible. KG, Ray Allen, anything is possible. Um, Lakers blowing a huge lead, I believe, in Game Four. Yeah, then they got blown out in Game Seven. Um, yeah, I game think the, six. Yeah, they got okay, blown six, out in Game, game yeah. Six. Um, yeah. The funniest thing about this series is that in Boston, this is a twenty because the way the way they talk about the title since man. Well, this is this is the one title they've won this one title since nineteen eighty six. Yeah, no, that's fair. This is the one title, and this, I mean, who? I mean, Doc is number one, but whose career do you think this has helped? the most from the boston side like i think doc river's clearly number one bro i'm I'm not even kidding everybody man kg it really solidified his career obviously we already respected him as a great but like paul this pierce. certified it paul yeah, pierce you know what this was a it collective him. even even rondo rajon like, rondo I thought this, it's, this it's elevated stamped rondo. Him for years it's yeah. glenn big baby perkin um you know <laughs> no, this guy big, merging all the bigs <laughs> <laughs> glenn big baby davis it's yeah. Kendrick Perkins for do you think he'd Yo. be on ESPN without this? I don't think so. You know, what you know I mean? what? That's fair. And it also gave us Doc the Rivers, stat. obviously. Tom Cause, cause Thibodeau. We'll get, yeah, that we'll was his defense. It. No, that was Tibbs. No, that's a great call. Yeah, you know what? This was a Ubuntu like collective glow up. Absolutely, man. Danny like, Ainge. By the way, oh, that, yeah. no, no one got stabbed on Danny Ainge from this. Oh my god, I forgot. Yeah, Danny Ainge too. Yep. Yeah. Um, by the way, fun fact, Scott Pollard of the uh 2007 Cavs, also on the 2008 Celtics. Mm. So got got to get his ring. We Happy for about, Scott Pollard, man. We talked about James Posey before. We we talked about Leon Poe. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and yo, you know who got who else got stamped? Brian Scalabrini, man. Oh he yeah, got yeah, jobs right. for this too. Absolutely, yeah. You know, again, if they a... don't win the title, this whole era does like. You just don't remember these guys as much. Obviously, you remember the greats. You remember Paul Pierce. You remember Ray Allen. You remember KG. And you'd be like, remember when they came together and didn't win it? But they needed this. And they changed all of their careers. Has a single championship team ever gotten more goodwill? Well, it depends on how like long it takes Raptors to get the next championship. Because uh, I'm, I'm about mm. to, I'm about, I need, I need Raptor fans, and I need Toronto media, I need Toronto, mm. Torontonians in general, Canadians in general, to anoint and lift up the 2019 Raptors the way that the Pista, that the Celtics fans lift up the 08 Celtics. Because you got to celebrate them, man. You don't think we do? I think we celebrate them all the time. No, I, I think I need, I, I need all of them. I need propaganda to be done for everybody. Like I need, pro- you know what I mean? Like Brian Scaller bringing like, any big, like who's you need like Pat McCall, like Jody Meeks. Bro, that was like, Jeremy Lin was like, was <laughs> so the mm. same like level of, you know, relevance to the actual Kev, games. Kev, Kev, oh, select classic. Come on, man. Sorry. Um, come on, man. Um, all right. So we're giving that four. That's a four. Five. Yeah. yeah. The next year, not as great. The Lakers uh, make it back to the finals. Win. That's pretty good, man. They beat Stan Van Gundy, the Hidu Turkaloo, Dwight Howard, Orlando Magic 4-1. I'm giving this a two out of five. Really? Only thing I remember was uh, uh, two things. Courtney Lee missing the shot um, at the end of game one. Mm. And Derek Fisher having a It's like an alley-oop game. kind of thing, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and Derek Fisher having a monster game. Mm, in, in one of those yeah so big fish game but otherwise i mean i don't know i, I, I like i like the series it and was mo- other 
because yeah. Kobe finally got over the hump. Like there was a, the whole thing of like you can't win one without Shaq. Sure. Um, and then this tied him with Shaq because Shaq had moved ahead with four in the 06 uh, Heat. Yeah, and then famously title. dropped a profanity laced uh, freestyle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Which again, the NBA is so funny, man. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. I'm gonna give this a. I, I'm gonna give this a three. I, I, I felt three for a me, five man. game series though. It's a five. Right, fine, fine. It's man. a two. It's a two. You're right. You're right. We it's we gave like a, a seven game series a, a three. So this yeah. this can't be okay. Fine. Fine. This one. Next one. The Lakers Celtics rematch. And mm. this was the Lakers winning in Game Seven. The famous Ron Artest presser after this was yeah. Kobe six of twenty four. Mm-hmm. I don't really. I'm trying to think of the first six games. Like, what were the big swings? I they're Kendrick not really Perkins coming to mind. Is that is that is that a storyline? Yes, yes, one? yes. This is the one where they started using the stat. Doc started using the stat that they still never lost a playoff series when they've been healthy. Because they were missing right. Perk for Game Seven. And, and listen, I mean, like Perk was a big part of that team, and like he obviously wasn't the star player or nothing, but like you needed size to contend in this era, and the Lakers had plenty of size. Like they started three seven footers. Well, they not maybe Lamar came off the bench, but I think. But regardless, they played three center f- seven footers with Lamar, Odom, Andrew Bynum, and Pau Gasol. Like you actually did need size out there. And and Perk, say what you want, but he's a pretty good post defender. So I'm not trying to sound like Doc, but like it, it wasn't a, it wasn't nothing. It's not the biggest thing. It wasn't like KG or Paul Pierce or Ray Allen got hurt, but you know, still. No, Perk has some big games in this series, man. I'm gonna give this like, a three. I'm gonna give this a three. It went to game hmm. seven. Okay, yeah, because yeah. for some reason, I, I'm sure Lakers and Celtics fans remember this well, but like I don't remember it much from like the first six games of this series. That that is like, fair, I'm sure it's but I, I just to me it just felt like I don't know if it, it felt like really classic basketball, and I'm not even just talking about Lakers versus Celtics. I'm no, just I talking agree. about like this is the era that um, I was like might be most fond of in terms of just like. Um, every bucket was very, very difficult. Less transition. The threes yeah, felt this, really monumental rather than this just was back like in the day when a, when a seven point lead actually felt like the game could have been over. Yeah. Yeah. And there was like a lot of like, not one-on-one scoring necessarily, but also mm. at the same time, like you really needed a lot of craft to score rather than like spreading out and playing fast, which I mean, I, I respect that style. No, there's no doubt. But at the same time, I, I kind of just expect finals to look like this, you know what I mean? And, Kobe going for tough baskets and Paul Pierce going mm. for tough baskets. You, sound, like you sounded like my guy. You sounded like my guy. Ball don't stop. Oh right yeah, now. one dribble pull up, two dribble pull ups, mm. man. Like you know, that's, so that's right in my zone. Um, yeah. Game seven, Lakers won eighty three to seventy nine, and the score was fifty seven fifty three heading into the fourth quarter. That's fine with me, man. I, honestly, those right. it hit different. I don't know. It, maybe it was just because like the lights were brighter in 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 LA in particular. I felt like Staples was always like super well lit. Mm. Um, but there was just something about that where I felt like okay, you needed to like out execute the opponent, and I'm sure that that's mm. taking place over all of this. And I'm just more nostalgic for this specific era of my 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 childhood. But like, yeah, this this was a good series. There's no doubt about it. So Listen, I'm giving it a three. It's it's not like that memorable in terms of like the top moments, but the fact that yeah. it went seven, all that kind of stuff. It's no, yeah. I think three is fair. Yeah, I would I would argue the basketball itself is better now, but I think when you weigh in the drama as well, there was just better drama back then. Like there's just I don't know, man. There's just more tension. Like all respects to Heat Nuggets. I but... also weirdly enough, I felt like I knew what the rules were much more clearly. Like there wasn't as much mm. discussion over like you know what are the rules and the confusion around it and discussion around it like maybe because it was also pre-social media i think this might be one of the last titles like pre like big social media right um but like 
yeah, like it just was. I I don't know. I got to just watch it and then read ESPN the next morning, and I felt pretty good about that. Yeah, no, that's um, and, you know, and no, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. Um, man, twenty ten was like... also peak ESPN. I feel like ESPN was was cooking on that run, and I'm not talking man. about television. I'm talking about as a whole network, man. The sports writing, uh, the True Who blog network, which um, you know, definitely uh, helped me launch my career at Raptors mm. Republic. Like there was just a lot of good sports writing at that time. People were really coming at it from different no, perspectives this, as well. This, this was like sports writing blogger uprising prime, man. It was, but also at the same like, time, I, I love that. And people still do it now to some degree, but like notebooks mm-hmm. where like Mark Stein will write Daily Dime and like number eight will uh, have a little tidbit about this guy's yeah, contract right. or that guy's contract. Right. Like, I, well, man. now now it's just dispersed differently, right? Now, now, now it's hitting different. The, now it's like a Twitter thing. Now you get the Woj alert, the Shams yeah. alerts, and then now you Woj get... Woj putting a graphic on there. <laughs> yeah, I want to know who does the graphics for him. Yeah, that that person must have the best like NDAs possible because he could just spoil all of Woj's. Yeah, best scoops, man. Yeah. Um, and now we've got you know people, all the agents of coaches claiming that their their client backed out of jobs. Yeah, you didn't hear as much about agencies, or maybe I just wasn't following it as. No, I, wasn't I do as feel like in. no. I think you're right. Is it is a different landscape. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't know. The presentation of it all was just really good to me. So, nah, damn, man, we're getting nostalgic, man, mm-hmm. about the old days. Twenty uh, eleven, three. three no, I actually might call a break on this, man. We should just continue this on another app. Oh, okay. We got another decade to go. We oh, you know what? That's fair. That's fair. So Let's we're saying the some. best finals of of this entire decade then is Dwayne Wade beating the Dallas Mavericks. That doesn't I feel don't think, right. This wasn't a great decade of finals. Like I think if you actually went through this decade and looked at the conference finals. You would actually find the better matchups. You know what? I'm I'm gonna make an executive decision and bump that down to a three. Okay. I, no, I'm, I'm I just okay with feel that. like it it wasn't that memorable. Like obviously D Wade doing it and, and and you know you know I think Shaq calling him Flash at that point. Um, mm. You know there was there was a lot of good stuff, but I, I think to me definitively the best finals in that whole run was 2008. Yeah, me? but this I, I think this is the thing. It's like you look at this decade as a whole, like there's not really a lot of like there's memorable moments, mm-hmm. but there's in terms of memorable series, players, but there were a lot series, of lopsided kind of yeah. There there were not great series. That's fair. That's fair. And and I mean you missed out in the nineties, man. Like nineties was a lot of classics. No, that's fair. And I think and I, I think I this was like out. a no, this was like a dud period. And I do think things shift a little bit when when we move on to to the next decade but you know okay we'll uh we'll save that for another uh for another day <laughs> this guy said tune into the next episode of dragon ball z <laughs> yo we're really doing that <laughs> i'm just saying man we we're on a 12 hour uh, a cycle right now of pods uh-huh and you know we've given them 90 minutes of flames no i know jr is gonna be sick when he wakes up in the morning he's like i gotta edit another one of you. no but this one he don't even have to drop it till later tonight man that's this true is, this you is our tuesday time. episode yeah um, by the way, I just want to mention the Game 7 refs <clears throat> for 2010 Celtics-Lakers. This was the real big three, man. Joey Crawford, Joey Crawford, Dan Crawford, and Scott Foster. Ooh. Like, man. I don't know I don't know how you can get better than that in a Game I, 7. I, yeah, definitely didn't like any like of them. Every, every, breath, every <laughs> breath you took was a potential technical. You know, Danny Crawford, I, I, I kind of liked. Mostly because, remember when he got his son to play on the Raptors summer league team? Oh really? Oh no, it was a training camp. He got him into training camp. Yeah, his what? Son. 
Yeah, look it up, man. Danny Crawford's son played for the Raptors. Um, is is preseason. this a case of nepotism? I think no? it was like he was competing with like Dan, uh, Brady Heslip and I think maybe Fred won uh, it out. Brady Heslip, I think Fred actually beat out the Canadian the Matt son. Thomas. Yeah, yeah. man, that's, that's pretty hard. No, I'm looking at I'm looking at Joey Crawford's wiki right now, and there's a section called Air Ticket Airline Ticket Income Investigation. In '98, Crawford was one of eight referees charged with false income tax returns after the Internal Revenue Service investigation found that cash was pocketed by referees when airline tickets provided by the league were downgraded. Man, <sighs> I mean, no, yeah. this this is wild, man. That, Yo, his wiki is wild. That's that's pretty funny because that's like as tame as Yo, it gets for his Robert's dad's scandal. name was Shag Crawford. Oh, that's hard. <laughs> and he was a MLB ump. Oh yeah, in the, yeah, 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 in the National League, and his brother Jerry was also a major league ump. Yo, imagine growing up in a family of just umps, like and refs. Like, imagine watching games like that. Yeah, it's like no, that's a foul. No, imagine him, <laughs> his dad bringing him to basketball games to watch the officials. Not, yo, not the, it's not like the yo, that's a great no call. And he like, wakes up. He wakes up on his third birthday. He got a pinstripe. Uh, no, t-shirt. that's wild. And it's not even a Newcastle kit, man. <laughs> oh wow! It's not even Damn, Newcastle. No, wow. You know ball. Damn. Oh man. By the way, is Inter Milan or AC Milan? Is one of them bad? Like, which one does Joseph Cacharo root for? AC. Okay. Okay. To be oh, clear, that's the team that people refer to as Milan. The other one that people refer to as Inter. So oh, it's kind of okay. like. You okay, know, okay. City's better than United right now. That people call City Man yeah. U, and then they call it City. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So Inter yeah. is the one that that I should. No. No offense that. to all. The, I mean, I don't even care. I'm just. I'm just letting Alex know. All right. I. I don't have an opinion on Italian <laughs> yeah, football, you know, bro. I don't care. Please. please I'm not trying to catch the him. heat, man. The only. The only thing I care about from Italy is virtuous Bologna, man. Yeah, that's it. All right, man. That does it for our, our Monday Lucy's episode. Wow. Will there's really will gonna return. be no basketball reference game, huh? No, man. Because I got no. three players already lined up. Uh, that's cool, man. Line that up for Wednesday, man. That's going to be super fun. I can't wait. <laughs> no, you, you're sick, man. Line that up. Yeah. I made what you hate we, this man? game, man. I'm sorry. No, I don't hate this game, man. I, lo- I love this game. It's just, you know, we, we got to, you know, we're at 90, man. Yeah. All right, fair, fair. We're at 90. This is, a, this, is a, this, is a, this is a footy match, man. No extra time. Yeah. All right. No Fergie time. No Fergie time. No time to guess. Uh... What's Fergie time? What? Fergie time was like Black Eyed Peas? <laughs> what? <laughs> oh, you talking about the Sir? Oh, Bro, Sir I thought, Alex. I thought, I thought you knew, man. I thought you read wait, the books wait, about they, this. They called this they named extra time after him? Yeah, cuz there was some what? I mean, it was not like a conspiracy conspiracy, but people yeah. did like kind of like complain about it cuz United was dominant, but mm-hmm. they would always talk about how United would get extra time, extra extra time. Um mm. and and then United had this like knack for making a lot of like game winning plays happen during that time, so they would call it Fergie time. Yo, that's actually I mean, they started odd. calling it cloppage time as well. I mean, that's not as cool. No offense to it, my, my oh, Liverpool this supporters, is, but oh, this is your boy. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool also has obviously a long history of making clutch plays in very, very important moments, but I don't know. Cloppage time just doesn't hit the same for some reason. Mm. Also, what doesn't hit the same? Geno time in, Wait, uh, in Boston. Wait, who's that name? Wait, oh, well, the oh, oh Gina. Oh, my God. Yeah. What are we doing, man? Yeah. Uh, all all right. right, man. I'm going to go and get a slice of pizza. This guy ducking the smoke know. from Anthony Morrow, bro. That was gonna Yo, be why crazy... you ruin it, man? 
Yo, why did you no, guys just go and ruin any, that? At any single time, we can find more Anthony Moore. No, you understand, man. You think you think there's like an endless reservoir of this? There, there is, isn't. man. You know how many no. players have played in the league? Also, also, I'm calling a deadline on this. Like, there's no way we're playing this all summer, man. Uh, I mean, it's not gonna have to have the, we, we need feedback sweltering August heat being like Brian Skinner, and this guy's gonna be like way off. Like that's not how I want to live, man. <laughs> no, that's how you're gonna live. Because here's the thing: like, I need fans to tell us, like, are are you guys enjoying this game? Because if it's uh, okay, the, the, I've gotten some feedback. So there's certain people that like because we we properly timestamp it, put it at the end, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So there are people that definitely just skip out. Mm-hmm. But I think there's other people that really like they play along. Interesting. Because like they'll okay. message me and they'll be like, "Oh, I can't believe you got this player. Or, I can't believe you didn't get this player. Like I was able to get this player." Yeah, yeah. So I think some of them enjoy just like playing along. Okay, good. It's like good. a nice little bonus. It's like a post-credit scene, you know, for 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 people. Yeah, like it's like when you really watch something on Amazon Prime and or on Prime Video, mm-hmm. and then they give you that little like IMDb little widget at the top. Oh yeah, they're yeah, like yeah, fun fact: John yeah. Hamm was discovered late in his career after working as a. No, oh, no, what, I know this story. When, <laughs> whenever we do a live show again, we'll do this live, man. Like, oh brother, people are gonna throw <laughs> tomatoes at us. They're just, <laughs> they're just gonna want us to give away free stuff. No, you know what? People gotta come challenge me, and if they win the game, they can have a prize. Ooh! All That's, right, uh... I look forward to the live shows being ten hours. Man. <laughs> God damn, making them work so hard for one cover, one one copy of cover story. All right, man. Time to time to sign off. Yeah. All right. Thanks everyone for listening. Um. So yeah, so program you know um on for um Wednesday's episode, which I will record on Tuesday. I'm gonna um late reach out to a european basketball expert and get some you insight oh you can't even reveal the name um yeah i, I, I don't reveal the name i mean like i feel huh. like i've already booked them but you know maybe something happens last second okay but... let's, let's not jinx it then let's just okay but it. anyway the point is obviously we'll talk a little bit about um the raptors potentially hiring a european coach sort of what that looks mm. like maybe the history of that um and yeah then on uh thursday's episode we will do another uh post-game reaction podcast uh with alex and probably we're going to bring a special guest oren weisfeld so oren i know you're listening um, tbd we're going to book you oren weisfeld bro yeah. what's oren going to be doing other than watching ball on on a thursday night like or probably complaining about Wednesday something on night. twitter yeah. yeah yeah he probably be complaining about michael porter jr's defense so we can do that together oh, um, and then, yeah, we'll do one more show on Thursday before we uh, leave you off yeah, for the th- weekend. Thursday, so. Thursday, we'll record for basically it'll be the Friday episode. And hopefully there's going to be some coaching movement. Yeah, we're also kind of keeping it a little bit flexible because we're really anticipating the Raptors making a decision. Well, once on once there's week. an announcement, once there's all of that, we'll There'll obviously be an emergency. pivot, we'll, we'll we'll pivot all the content. We'll pivot yeah. all the content to that. Yeah. Probably get at least two episodes out of that. And... Yeah, if not, then Friday we're going to keep it chill. Right now, maybe we'll take questions. And then just want the Friday shows when there isn't a lot of Raptors news to, to be very banter, banter right. heavy. No, because I think the issue is some of these shows aren't been banter heavy enough. No, no, you know, now we got the Monday Lucy's, we got the Friday Freestyle. Uh huh. So, so we're, All right. we're locked in. We're locked All right. In. Well, thanks everyone for listening. Please continue to rate, review, subscribe to the Raptors show. And uh, yeah, check back in for more daily content. Peace.